Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of In the Barn. I'm Robin. And I'm Kelsey. And in today's episode, we're doing part two of our fecal test discussion. We are giving you our thoughts and opinions on a few of the tests available on the market today. So you might notice that I sound a little less than enthused this week and my, I don't know, positive, upbeat tone is missing. That is because I am currently dying. I don't know what I have, but I am so sick, it's not even funny. So I apologize if my voice is more monotone or if you hear me coughing. It's not that she's unenthusiastic about fecal tests. She loves them as much as the rest of us do. She loves a good <laughs> poop joke. But yes, she's a little under the weather. So please forgive her for any lack of excitement that she has. It's not subject related. It's a good time all around. Yes, unfortunately, this episode got a little delayed and we'll kind of get into a li- why some of that delay. But also she's sick. So we've got to we've just got to figure it out. We're just we're going ahead anyways. All right. Take it away. Well, okay, to take it away, I also want to give another thank you to FarmVet, who again partnered with us to make this episode possible. They sent us zero egg count tests that we used, and we'll talk about those tests in just a second for this episode. But we do really want to thank them for doing that and for giving us a discount code, which is in the barn. You can get 10% off uh, anything from their store, as well as the fecal egg test that we use, or dewormers, or whatever else you need. But we want to say thank you because when companies reach out and do offer these discounts, I know 10% isn't a lot for you guys as a listener, as a coupon code, that's not a lot, but it shows that they support us and they like our voice and want to support our voice in this community. And I think that's really awesome. So we want to say thank you and really encourage you guys to go and use in the barn at farmvet.com and go check out whatever you need from them. You ready for the fecal test? Yes, I am ready. Okay. So if you guys have done any shopping online or have even talked with your vet, you've probably realized that there are a range of different fecal tests that you can buy that are available. You have to kind of pay close attention to the fine print to actually find out if there's a difference between any of these tests. And we'll talk a little bit about what they look like when we receive them and the process for completing them and getting them mailed. But a lot of these tests are very similar that they are all used using a very similar method to count the eggs. And each method of counting eggs has different strengths and different weaknesses. So we're gonna kind of talk about what the companies we purchased from, what tests they used, and give you a little bit of insight about which tests are their pros and cons. So there is a 2021 literature review that does a analysis of the 27 different studies that are available currently. So 27 studies have been conducted that compare the effectiveness, the accuracy, the precision, of the different fecal tests that are available to run. Not all of these fecal tests are available online, and these are the methods in which they use to count the eggs. So it's not the brand, it is the actual method they use. Yes. There's, I think, like eight, maybe six or eight that are commonly used. The McMasters is considered the industry standard, and you will see a lot of the tests you buy online are using the McMasters. But this 2021 uh, literature review titled Comparative Studies on Fecal Egg Counting Techniques 
techniques used for the detection of gastrointestinal parasites of equine does a really good job of breaking down the differences between these tests. So if you want to know a lot more about them, I would definitely recommend checking out this literature review. We'll have a link to it. It's free for anyone to read the whole thing. But they have a great table that kind of breaks down all of these tests, what their pros are and what their like cons are, and basically the idea behind each of these tests. So today we're going to talk about the McMasters, we're going to talk about Parasite, and we're going to talk about a modified Wisconsin. Each of these tests can be modified slightly depending on how the lab wants to do it. They can use a little bit different solution. There's different ways they can go about performing these tests. Part of the problem with these tests is there really isn't a great standard that has been set for how to do and conduct these tests. That's part of what the literature review kind of concluded is that we need we need to like refine some of the methodology, especially as we're moving forward and including new tests in our research. You could get different results and different assessments depending on what lab you use. And so fecal egg counts don't really have hard and fast rules that everyone has to follow regardless of what tests they're using. So each lab can vary a little bit. So this is something that you'll notice that even if you do send your results like we did to multiple labs that all did theoretically the same test, you can get different results because each lab kind of has its own process and its own standards. Yes. And I noticed that I did, I did three of the online tests that you purchase online and then you mail away to the lab and I got three different results. One of which was quite a bit higher than the other two. Yeah, and I did two. One was from my vet and one was a mail away. And they were, I did two horses. So Addie's were the same and then Nim's was, it was a little bit different, but I would consider essentially the same. Okay. With that, I'm going to introduce Parasite. So that is one of the tests that I did. It's a system that is available through your veterinarians or they also have a mail away option. So you could purchase from Parasite's website and it's Parasite. S-I-G-H-T. This is a little bit of a unique system. So Parasite is actually a computer program. So how this works is it is a big automated machine that you essentially like put a cartridge, put your fecal test, your fecal sample in this cartridge. Cartridge? Wow, I said that weird. Um, cartridge. Oh, now it's not even a word anymore. Cartridge. Cartridge. Uh, but you put your you put your fecal sample in the cartridge. <laughs> cartridge. Cartridge. <laughs> oh my god. You put your fecal sample in the slide, and then the computer, like the big box, will take a picture of it, and then a computer algorithm reads that image and will count the eggs for you. According to their website, it is a system of outputs. It outputs instant results with a fluorescent image of parasite ova and provides quantitative results for both Strongyles and Ascrids and eggs per gram. It is also, it's considered a fairly accurate method and there's not a ton of room because it is a computer system. It does not require a lab tech. There's not a ton of room for human error. Of course, like anything, humans are involved. There may be error. So essentially it's this big box that you purchase. It's like $3,000 for this computer system. And then you have to rent it every single year. And it's $275 to rent every single year. So vets are the ones who are purchasing this. You, I believe, have to be a vet actually purchase the whole equipment. My vet has this system, so I just did it through her. Okay. It did only become recently available for vets in the last couple years, but it was talked about a lot in this American Association of Equine Practitioners and their recommendations. They do discuss this program because this is a program that Martin Nielsen is a, uh, he's a shareholder. So he has invested in this company. So essentially how this works is this system has a reactive agent that reacts with the eggs and 
has a fancy camera that takes high quality pictures and a computer algorithm that looks at that picture and counts the eggs. And it's also the computer algorithm, I believe has like machine learning. So like the more it does it, the smarter your computer gets. How you do this is you basically mix a little bit of water. It's like a pre-measured mix of water and your manure sample, you put it in your slide and then it goes into the machine and the machine will give you a solution. So what they have, it's a N-acetyl-D-glucosamine, which is a binding agent and it binds to the egg. So this is a little bit different than using like a sugar solution, which we'll talk about in our other tests. A lot of tests do have a solution you mix it with. This is not used to separate out the eggs from the manure, but this is used to bind to the manure or to the eggs. And that way when the camera, it's taking a picture of these eggs that have attached to this solution, to this binding agent. The benefits with using this is that it can be done a lot sooner. It's done in-house. If you are going through your vet, you can often get results within a couple days, uh, sometimes even the same day if they take you know, a sample back to, to the, uh, I wanna say station, but vets don't go to stations. Vets go to, to the lab. With the clinic, clinic. They go to the clinic. Um, and it requires less training. It's a pretty simple, the tools you use all like pre-measure the solution. The computer adds the correct amount of binding agent. This machine can do cows, horses, sheep, and goats. So you just have to select if it's a horse sample and it will put in the correct amount of liquid. So it it's, takes out a lot of that air, which can lead to counting issues. And then you, as the client, get a picture that the picture that the computer took, it gets emailed to you and it will show all your eggs circled. So when I got my picture, my picture was black because <laughs> both of my horses came up with zero for this test, which makes sense. As I mentioned in part one, I had actually used Invermectrin. I had dewormed them for the first time in a while. I would have expected if the Ivermectrin worked, which it seems to work on my property, I would expect that there is a, that egg reduction period. We are still within that. So it does make sense that my samples were zero and that shows that that drug still works on my farm. Okay, good. There's a couple disadvantages with this. One of those is that while this test is a lot more accurate and precise. It's a lot more accurate and precise once you get into the larger numbers of eggs. So it shows a greater ability to count when you get closer to 200 eggs per gram, which is a lot of, that's your moderate shutter and that's a lot of, a lot of eggs essentially per gram. When you're down at those lower numbers, it, if it doesn't bind properly, you don't necessarily float the sample the same way, so there could be debris. The The camera can't take pictures through debris very well, things like that. So if it's not properly floated, even though it says you don't need to float it, if you don't, you're right, the debris can get in the way if you're not, if your sample's too big or too large. Yeah, so that is Parasite, which I think is a really cool tool and it's gonna become more and more available. And again, if your vet doesn't do it, like that's one of the big advantages. One of the biggest advantages with your vet is that you don't have to wait. If they're coming to the farm, they can take the sample home with them. Or if you live close enough to your vet, you can drop the sample off in person. Though I know a lot of us like you don't really have that option. Using your vet, right, may not be the best option. You may want to find another option. Yeah, so one of those alternative methods to going through your vet would be going online to like Dover or SmartPak and purchasing one of their fecal tests. 
The first fecal test I did, I went through Dover and they use a modified McMaster test. And this is also kind of the industry standard when it comes to fecal tests, like Kelsey mentioned. This method has had a lot of studies done on it, comparing it to other methods. Definitely the best comprehensive comparison of this fecal test versus the others is with that 2021 literature review. Kelsey found the comparative studies on fecal egg counting techniques, a systematic review. I would definitely go check it out because like all of these different tests they have their own pros and cons to them and it just it gives a really good comprehensive overview of all the different research studies that have been done because there's like 27 or something out there relaying all those research studies to you right now would be very heavy and none of us would hear any of it it would go in one ear and out the other so the way uh, McMaster's test is conducted, I pulled these steps from the AAEP 2019 Parasite Control Guidelines. And what they do for the McMaster test is they weigh out four grams of feces into a small container, then add 26 milliliters of a flotation medium and mix that well. And basically a flotation medium is just the liquid they mix with the fecal samples. Typically for McMaster's, they use sodium nitrate or they, there's been a few other times where like a modified McMaster's will use something different. Like I've seen, I think there was one that used uh, tap water. Um, and then I think there's a few other things, but the most common flotation medium that they use mixed with the sample is going to be sodium nitrate. They then strain the sample through one or two layers of cheesecloth, or they can strain it through a tea strainer. So there's a few different ways that they'll go ahead and strain that fecal sample. They'll then mix the sample well and immediately withdraw one milliliter of the suspension with a pipette or like a syringe and fill the first counting chamber of the McMaster slide with it. And if you look up pictures of the McMaster slides, it looks a lot like a regular science glass slide, but this one has like two divots in it that are essentially the chambers. And over each like divot slash chamber, there is a line or there's a grid of lines over it. And so basically what they do is once they have the fecal sample in there, they let it sit for about two to five minutes, which allows the eggs to float to the top and other debris to float to the bottom. And then they'll count how many eggs are all inside of of those grid lines. Any eggs that are partially within those grid lines and partially outside of it, they don't count those. They only count eggs that are fully within those grid lines. If they notice within the sample there's like visible air bubbles, the technician will have to empty it out and redo that chamber. And then a sample can sit for up to 60 minutes if you're using sodium nitrate. But if you go over that, you risk ruining the sample because drying crystals will form or sensitive delicate eggs will start to deteriorate. When the McMaster's is done, they will only count strongyle eggs of 90 microns long and ascarid eggs. They are not to count strongylids, which are 50 microns long, nor are they supposed to count tapeworms. They'll only notate if tapeworms or those other things are there and they can see them. And that's Pretty much the McMaster's test. Basically, the feces are mixed in a solution, loaded onto two chambers of a slide, and it's a flotation test that separates parasite eggs from the debris, and then the eggs will float to the surface, and they go ahead and count those. Those that typically favor the McMaster method do so because it's cheap to do, takes less training, and can be processed relatively quickly. When I sent my results or my fecal sample off with uh, Dover, the McMaster's, I got my results probably within a day or two after I mailed them out. So that was a pretty quick turnaround time. Um, the downside is that while this is probably one of the most accurate tests out there, it is not the most sensitive. Evaluating precision at the lower egg count levels is complicated by the fact that some of the McMaster methods have only a sensitivity limit or a detection limit of 25 eggs per gram, which makes it useful for identifying high egg shedders but less appropriate for low egg shutters. And the results I got back for Trin 
was zero eggs per gram. They detected that there was no parasites. I was a little bit confused on the sensitivity of the McMaster's test, and this is something that I looked up a bunch and I was trying to find an answer or something that like broke it down and explained it to me, and I still honestly really don't get it, and I'm sorry for that. I wish I had like a nice answer to hand you of like what exactly the detection limit of 25 means, because I don't understand quite if from one to 24, they round that up to 25, and like anything over 25 is counted as like 50, and they just count in increments of 25 or if it's like 1 to 15 is 0 15 to 25 is 25 like I yeah. I don't know exactly how they how that works and so that's one thing I'm very confused on because I did get slightly different results from what I think were two McMaster's tests and I say what I think were two McMaster's tests was because the other one I sent out was through SmartPak and I was struggling to figure out what type of test SmartPak's fecal sample was. And I ran across their Q&A portion on their website about their fecal test. And SmartPak's response when someone asked if they ran the McMaster's was that they do not disclose the test run to determine results. Which doesn't make sense. There's no benefit in, in keeping that a secret. I really, really don't understand why they don't disclose that. I was reading through the question and answer portion and I saw that somebody else asked what the sensitivity of was it and they said the sensitivity was 25 eggs per gram so i can assume based off that it is a mcmasters but then why not just say it i do not understand why smart pack doesn't disclose it and for me that's like a huge red flag probably because they're using some modified version of the mcmasters and i if you look at a lot of the websites it actually is really challenging to figure out what method they're using just based offline that you have to like kind of keep digging to try to get hints or to you need additional for the zero egg count, which we'll talk about in a second. They tell you what kind of test it is only in the like send home material. The like packet that you get from them, it tells you what it is, but it does not tell you online what test they use. Online, they say they have like a very special, highly sensitive test, which they do. They chosen the most sensitive one, but I, that is a little, I think a lot of the companies are like that because they're using some sort of modified method. Right, but Dover, they said on their website, like you go to read the description of the product and it says they use the McMaster's method. Like it's not hard to say that I don't understand why SmartPak, that they like intentionally didn't answer a person's question and just said they don't disclose it. That is weird because everybody uses the McMaster's. You, It's really challenging to find a test that isn't McMaster's because it is the industry standard and it is the, like the benefits of it are, are that it is so cheap and easy to do and it is considered the most accurate. It's just not the most sensitive. Right, exactly. It is. Trends results that I got through SmartPak was Dover came back with zero eggs per gram. SmartPak came back with 50 eggs per gram because I think they're using the McMaster's based off of, you know, the sensitivity they said their test uses. I'm a little confused as to how that sensitivity works. Like did Dover count zero? Yeah. And then SmartPak counted like 26 and rounded that up to 50? I don't, I don't know. I'm really confused to that because 50 eggs per gram is quite a bit higher than zero. Yes. Especially if we're thinking of like a gram. Well, and then this is going back to that literature review Oh, actually, no, it's not the literature review. It's a different study that I'm going to talk about in a second, <laughs> which I guess I could talk about it now. Uh, so I found a 2021 study that looks at the effect of analyst training on fecal egg counting variability. So this study wanted to say, hey, here are several different test methods. Take these uh, analysts, these lab techs. I'm not going to teach you how to do the method, 
I'm just gonna give you some general ideas, like here's a sheet, walk through it. And then we're gonna compare how precise you are, how accurate, how much variation there is. And then I'm gonna teach you and have you do it after you've been taught. And so they found that, you know, there is a lot of variability between technicians and that some of these tests lead to greater variability. Right, yeah, exactly. I think that's what we saw with my different results from both Dover and SmartPak. Um, and then one thing I was gonna add, sorry, before we scooch on to zero A count, one thing I was gonna add is that SmartPak at the end of the results like they sent most of them they do they say you know if you're if you want to reach out to get deworming recommendations here's like our contact number so on and so forth but one of like the little bullets on any smart packs like right beneath your results says that any horse with 200 eggs per gram should be dewormed immediately and that is something that kind of bugs me because we know horses that have a moderate load some of them are totally healthy and might not need to be dewormed immediately what number did they say was the cutoff 200 eggs per gram so anything that wasn't a low shedder they said you should deworm immediately which like yes and no because I mean horses can have yeah, a correct. medium load and be totally fine you don't need a deworm yeah no I yeah I mean for in fact Nim is a high shedder I have done fecal tests on him in the past they determined he was a high shedder and no he doesn't need to be dewormed even you know he's healthy he's fine I mean, worms not his problem uh, but a lot of it has to do with right your your system you, where you live how you are taking care of these horses 110 other things that yeah I would say 200 does not mean you need to worm immediately. I wonder if SmartPak has found a way to inflate their numbers to get everyone closer to 200. So you're like, oh, I'm at 50. That's really close. I probably should deworm here soon. I, I Yeah, I don't know. That was something I was curious about and wondering. And then the other thing with SmartPaks is that everyone was asking, does this work for colic care? Which I think is their colic insurance for Correct. horses. And I, I believe for the yearly, you have to provide a fecal sample. Correct. And so I think a lot of people that are going through SmartPak for colic insurance, they use this test for colic hair but yeah for some reason like smart pack just their whole way of handling it and just saying that like you need to warm immediately and stuff i honestly wouldn't recommend going through them to get a fecal sample just because like there was no clear answer and i don't understand why there was no need for them to be shady or not disclose it like there's there is literally no harm in disclosing what method your lab uses there's no harm like they disclose what lab they use so why not why not just say what method you use also it is interesting because you have a third test that gives you, I think, even maybe a better idea of where your horse falls on that spectrum, which is the zero egg count test. Right. I'll, so I'll share Trin's results real quick because we just went through her results and they're a lot closer to the Dover one. Um, her results were eight eggs per gram, which is still quite a low shedder, but that's a lot closer to that zero eggs per gram than it is to that 50 eggs per gram from SmartPak. And so that also kind of makes you, if you're trying to figure out how the McMaster's counts, that would make sense that McMaster's could have found eight and said zero. Yeah, exactly. And so that's just something that with SmartPak kind of giving the runaround on what tests they use, as well as their results were the one that was significantly higher than the other two. And it's just kind of an outlier. Makes me question. So the last method that we used, we both got a zero egg count test from FarmVet. So FarmVet, it's not their test. They're just a middleman, just a distributor for that test. If you go online and look at any of their promotional material on zero egg counts website, they call what they do the true egg test which is like their their modified version of the test they do but in their like send home packet the packet you get in the mail they do the modified Wisconsin sugar flotation technique which we're going to talk about because this method is one of the most sensitive methods so it does make sense that they would give you numbers like five which is what they gave NIM so they gave Addy a zero which matches the test that the vet did and then they gave NIM a five which 
I could see why the test that the vets did was a zero and why this one might be a five. So a modified Wisconsin sugar flotation technique is a modified version of the Cornell Wisconsin technique. They've modified this a couple different ways. A modified Wisconsin sugar flotation test is not done just by zero egg count. There are other labs. This is a recognized method. There's a literature on this method, but one of the changes they use is sugar. They do a sugar solution to float manure or the fecal sample in first. And that study that we talked about earlier, that literature review did determine that solutions that use sugar, sugar solutions are the best flotation medium. That was like the one thing that study was able to like walk away with besides for the like, hey, we're a mess. Everybody needs to like, you know, tighten up the ship. <laughs> they also were like, yeah, and sugar is the best for, for doing those solutions. A modified Wisconsin sugar fecal technique, what they do is they take a three gram fecal sample, they mix it with a saturated sugar solution, and basically they use that to float the eggs in, and then the fecal matter is supposed to sink to the bottom of like the test tube or whatever, and the sugar is supposed to like to help separate the eggs from the manure. They then pour this, they strain it, and pour this into a test tube, and then it is centrifuge. So that's a big difference with the modified Wisconsin than a lot of other tests. There is not a lot of them use centrifuges because a centrifuge, I think, is a pretty basic piece of lab equipment. I think they're pretty easy to use once it's balanced, right? Like, you can use a centrifuge, can't you? I don't know. Oh, you've never used one? No. I don't even know what a centrifuge is. Oh, okay. So maybe it was just me. So when I was in high school, I got to take a forensic science class as like one of my like senior sciences. So we centrifuged a lot of things. Okay. They're basically what it does is it spins really fast and that allows uh, the mixture to either oh. separate or to mix back together, depending what you're doing. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So like the hardest thing with them is just balancing them, right? Because if it's not balanced, it can like the solution won't mix properly. It won't spin correctly. The tube is then placed in a centrifuge at 1000 RPMs a minute, 1000 RPMs a minute, and then it, for five minutes. So this will increase that egg like recovery rate. Basically, it helps to separate out those debris and that sugar is supposed to help pull the debris down and float the eggs to the top. So you basically form a meniscus, you or form it, it creates one, and then you add a cover slip that's placed on top of the tube for two minutes. And that is supposed to like, the cover slip is supposed to get all the eggs to stick to it. And then you view that cover slip underneath a microscope at 40X magnifications. And then all the eggs are identified and counted. You don't use like a grid system, you count everything. And that's what makes it mo more sensitive because you are counting every egg that is on that slide. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. What makes the modified Wisconsin a little bit more sensitive, it does not necessarily mean it is more accurate because the straining step, which a McMaster's also does, can lose eggs in that process. So that is like one area that it can affect the ability to do a successful egg count. But it, because this test uses a large sample of manure, the sensitivity can be improved by sampling more of the fecal suspension. So you can do it more times to make sure that you're getting an accurate count. The Wisconsin method is also considered more sensitive than the McMaster's because it uses a centrifuge. That is a more precise method for separating out the sample. But this does require additional equipment that a lot of labs, like a lot of veterinary labs, your, la your veterinarian is unlikely to have a centrifuge and it also does require additional training. And with that additional training does increase human error. The things with the modified, it is a cheap test to run and it has a high level of sensitivity 
based off of how it's counted, based off the different steps that's used, the amount of manure, the centrifuge, all of that leads to a high sensitivity and it leads to those really specific counts that you're going to see in your emails that you get from the company. Yeah, so that's the zero eight count test itself. I will say, because I purchased multiples offline, not the zero eight count, but like I got the Dover one, the smart pack one, and the zero eight count one. Zero eight count was the only one to provide an ice pack with it to help keep the sample cool and from like overheating or becoming damaged in the mail process, which I think is actually a really good thing because especially living here in Alabama, I know the mail trucks and stuff get really freaking hot that I assume it'd probably be pretty easy for a sample to get damaged in the heat if like it's left out in the sun. Like I don't if it's just actually left somewhere. So the fact that they sent it with an ice pack. Yeah, I think that their packaging was probably the best packaging because it did come in that insulated envelope and then you get a little gel pack that you freeze when you go to ship it back, which is really important because we know that these eggs can start to break down rather quickly when they're heated. It's a gel pack. Your sample is likely not going to freeze when it's in the mail and destroy the eggs. It's just going to keep the package cool. I also kind of figure all of these labs, once they receive the mail truck for the day, with all their samples, that they do keep them in a cool place. I don't think these samples, I didn't check with any of these labs, but I would imagine these samples aren't just like sitting around in a hot lab all day that they all have some. No, definitely not on their end, but I would say probably on the USPS (laughs) mail service end that they could have it sitting around for a bit because they just don't know what's in there and they're not taking the proper precautions. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. The only drawback really to zero eight count was that it took about two and a half weeks to get my results, where the other two that I mailed out the same day, I received the results back within a day or two. Yeah, that is definitely, they have like a little disclaimer on their website as well as on a FarmVets website that says that the US mail deliveries are taking a little bit longer. Uh, When I actually, I didn't have my results, so I reached out to the company trying to find like my results so we could record this episode and I did get a really prompt response they were really cordial and explained that it had to do with the mail service and that these samples weren't getting delivered very quickly so that is sort of a roll of the dice if they did say that my sample arrived in good condition that the manure was still usable I did get a count that I thought made sense. I also knew that I did, was, wasn't was likely to have a lot of eggs in there anyway, since I'd already gotten one result from my vet back saying it was zero. I did, a, that made sense to me that it wasn't gonna be a large amount of eggs. So the results made sense. They definitely had the best presentation though. I definitely actually would, I would, I would use them again. I, and I do like how sensitive the test is. I do think that is really helpful, especially when you're looking at things like Dover that said zero and SmartPak that said 50. Yeah, I would actually, I would use zero egg count again over the other two just because Considering the fact that Trin hasn't been dewormed in a year and a half, maybe two years, she's clearly a very low shedder. And so I need, I personally would need a test that is more sensitive and can give me that smaller number that isn't just going to round it up to 25. And it gives you a more accurate picture of what what is going on in Trin's body. That is actually a great point that you just made because I was used for this uh, for this episode. I used a blog or I don't know if it's a blog or a PDF. I'm not exactly sure what this is. It is from Middle California Pony Club. Like they put it out on their website as an additional source, and it walks through the modified Wisconsin method test. And basically, they show that a lot of horses that are dewormed frequently or have been on some sort of deworming program for the last several years 
years are going to be shedding about 10 grams, like 10 eggs per gram. They are going to be on the lower end. You aren't likely to have horses that are shedding over 200 eggs if they've been managed in any way over the last like several years. Again, remember most of our population is low shedders, right? 50 to 70% of the equine population are low shedders. So finding a test that right, exactly. is more accurate and more precise could be really useful for dealing with 50 to 70% of the population. Yeah, and that it proved more accurate and a little bit better. Uh, like it gave me a better idea of what trends results were than I'd say the other. T- I mean, the other two gave me a good idea, but I feel like that was the most the most accurate count I received. They also, the other thing that test does is they do count the modified Wisconsin, I believe does count partial eggs. So if an egg is either damaged or destroyed or whatever, they do count those as a full egg. So you might only have five eggs and then three partials and that would be eight or something to that effect. I don't know exactly what they're, right? Cause then again, remember each lab can have their own system for ruling in or out. Maybe they only take half the broken ones because maybe they assume it's all the same egg. I don't know. I just made that up. But that is part of the problem with these labs and all these individual labs is they can each have their own system. There really isn't a, while the McMasters is considered the industry standard, you're not required to do a McMasters. You may be required to do it in certain testing situations that are like a research study that requires, you know, fecal egg counts to be taken. You're going to default to the McMasters, but they're that doesn't mean that these labs or any lab can't do other methods. Right, exactly. And I did like the way that we ended up doing our test results where Kelsey went through one of her tests she went through her vet for, and then the other one was with a uh, modified Wisconsin version. And I think that gave a really good baseline. Going through the vet, that's kind of what you're going to assume is going to be the most accurate. And so it gave you a good baseline to see how the modified Wisconsin lined up with the same horses that the same sample was taken from like the same pile of manure. And it showed you exactly, you know, how they lined up with one another. I could take that then with my modify Wisconsin and see how it lined it up to the uh, McMasters through the other places and see some inaccuracies or kind of similar results. For sure. Yeah, I think it was really fun to do like multiple tests exactly to compare those. Also, my post office had me mailing out a lot of horse manure. So I hope they remember me for that. I also, again, want to just point out there must be so much poop in the mail because you could do these tests for dogs <laughs> you could do these tests for like i don't know can you do them for cats you could do them for horses there's even people ones like people can mail in like parasite that uh i was looking at their patent Ew. and that is for people too you know there's a lot of poop in the mail that's all i'm saying that summarizes our results thank you for listening it was a short and sweet episode we just wanted to get out those reviews for you now that we have our results and now that robin's sick and can give you her yes. best <laughs> if you have any questions you could reach out to us uh, via email, which is in the barn pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, which is in the barn pod on whatever Instagram ends with. Uh, you can. Yeah, that's pretty much all the places you can find us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really, really appreciate you sticking with us and waiting to get our results back because that's really what took us the longest is because we just we had to wait till we finally had our results to be able to share what our results were. I would say, you know, the Dover one was slightly accurate. The zero egg count was probably the most accurate one. Uh, the going through your vet is also fairly accurate. However, I would advertise staying away from Smart Pack. There just seemed to be something fishy going on that I couldn't quite figure out and they were not being very uh, transparent. Sorry, Smart Pack. But if you do want to try the zero egg count, do know that you are going to wait a few weeks to get your results, but you can get 10% off within the barn at farmvet.com. Right. And on that note, guys, remember to stay safe, stay classy, and stay in the saddle. And buy your fecals. Ship that mail. Ship that poop. Ship that poop. Ship that poop.